Welcome to the Churchmount Sheepdogs podcast. In this series, I interview handlers and experts from Ireland and indeed from all over the world. And the aim of the series is to spark new ideas for training and trialing for the listener as a result of these conversations. The series is in part sponsored by Away With Dogs, a new sheepdog trial YouTube series. And you can find out more on awaywithdogs.co.uk. In this interview, I talked to the Irish handler, James McGee. James McGee set out his stall very early in play when he started trialling. After only a couple of years, he won an Irish national and he was second in the Supreme. And he continued on that way. As we all know, with Becca, he won the world trial in 2011 and then came along in 2014 with a very young son of Becca's there, Silver, and won a Supreme. And, uh, you know, he's regularly placed at Supremes. And again, this year is no exception. Well, this year, last the last international, he was third with uh, another very young dog, Jess, the daughter of Silver. So he's into three generations of dogs there that are performed at very top levels. And uh, you can hear now a little bit of what he says about that and how it works. Were you always farming, James, or is that what you always did? Yeah, I uh, grew up on the farm that I'm living on now. Uh, never really wanted to do anything else. Left school at 16 or so. Just when I turned 16, I wasn't allowed to leave until I turned 16. Left and kind of worked at farming since. And and how did you get into the dogs? Like I, I heard that you only got in sort of 2003 or four or somewhere back there. Well, my father always would have had farm dogs here. Uh, always would have been good enough farm dogs, but nothing came out to the standard of trialing or that today. But always would have had an interest in dogs. Uh, when I was around 15 or so, uh, but no, actually, sorry, tell a lie. My father had bought a dog, and the another man come and got a bitch mated with it. And I was allowed to pick a pup from it. So I picked the pup and trained it myself. And took a notion that I wanted to try trialing. Always used to watch one man and his dog on TV. It was kind of, it was the thing to do every Sunday evening, come on and watch it. But I always kind of aspired to it, if you like. Mm. And when I trained this pup, then I took a notion that I wanted to try trialing. So I went to one or two trials that summer, uh, I think maybe two trials. It wasn't that very successful at it. Uh, I suppose maybe my expectations were too high at the young age, but just kind of fell away from it again and didn't bother so much about it after that. Always had a, a decent farm dog, like working dogs and that, but never took them to uh, the standard of trialing. And then... It was around uh, 2000, 2002, maybe the International was in Seaford and County Down. Uh, seen posters for it at the local the local mart here, just that it was on. And it just piqued my interest again, so I decided that I would go up to see it. So I travelled up myself to County Down uh, on the Saturday for the Supreme. And I was just blown away by the, the scale of it, like the, the distance of the dog, the recasting and all that in the shed. I just was completely hooked. 
I bought a horse at the trial that day and I made up a set of commands coming down the road and I just started to train after that and the man says the rest history. Uh, well, yeah, James, I know a quite many fellows who went to international, went to the national and bought a whistle, but not too many of them came back and did what you did after it. Like, what age would you have been, say, in 2002, would you be 25 or 30 or something like that? Uh, what, I'm 46 now, so you can do the maths on it. Merely 30, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Juice, you had a bit of catching up to do on Bison. I know now you were working away there on the farm and you knew how to get a job done with a dog and you knew stock and all that, but uh, like, how long were you at it before you made the team? I started, that, that was 2002. I had a nursery dog that year which I ended up reserve with uh, on the the team for North of Ireland. Didn't get a run at the final. And uh, got Becca then that year, was it, as a pup. So the following year, 2003 was my first national. I ran two dogs at it, uh, dollar and silver. Just missed out on making the team with the silver dog through my own fault, my stupidity on the shade, the single, sorry, didn't make it. So, sorry, that was 2004, my mistake. Uh, 2004 was my first national. Then the following year, Becca, Becca was running in the nurseries and that and came through to the national, running in the opens and national. And I actually won the national in 2005 and was second in the Supreme. Oh, I didn't know you were second in Supreme that early in play. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that was some baptism of fire. God, you really meant business. And what age was Becca then? It sounds like she was fairly young. Uh, she was probably about two, two and a half, maybe around that. Yeah. That, that's the other thing that always fascinates me with what you're able to achieve with dogs so young. like, And... Uh, so when you got Becca, and I didn't know you had a silver back in uh, 2003 even, I, I thought that the, the latest silver was the only silver. So you, well, no, I had two. I had a, a dog called Dollar, a dog called Silver back then. I had a, a friend back then. He's he's passed on since, but uh, he always told me he's always called a dog for money. So that's where <laughs> Dollar and Silver came <laughs> from. But. Tell us this now, like, I, I'm just sort of fascinated how, how quick you got from not to 60 there. Like, in 2005, you had a national one, and you were second in the Supreme. Like, uh, and you only got the, got the bug at, at 10 and international in 2002. James, uh, how do you put, what do you put it down to getting, getting from to the, to, the, to the top there very quick? What do you put it down to? Sheer determination and tunnel vision and thickness and everything else you want to call it. Yeah. I would be fairly determined when I'd make my mind up to do something and I'm quite I'm quite hungry for it if you like. Uh, I still would be you know, I enjoy it a lot, I get a great buzz out of it. Especially with the younger dogs. I really like competing with young dogs. I just there's a satisfaction out of it of training a dog at a young age and being successful with it. Just it's 
I, I just enjoy it. Like it's. And what is the motivation? Is it to see how much you can squeeze out of the dog, or, or is it to to beat other fellas, or to, like the competitive streak? I, I don't really understand even where my own comes from. But what, what would you put the motivation down to? What is it that drives you? Like, well, uh, I like competing with the young dogs, you know, and it, it's nice. It's I find that you know, rewarding, if you like, to when people come to you and say, you know, that that was a nice run or good run or lovely young dog. And, you know, it's just it's just nice to hear. And it's that that for me is, is the reward on it, if you like. And say there now with Becca and, and I know you bred Silver that you won the international with, you bred him from Becca and and by seeding that. But is there a common trait in all your dogs, or do you just, like, well, I suppose I'm kind of asking you, is there kind of a breed or a line that you follow there, or is it just sort of evolved as it goes along? Well, I, I've probably been very lucky and, and fallen into the line of dogs that I have. Uh, Becca was a very good bitch. Uh, I made her to a few different dogs, and there were some decent dogs of it but nothing you know, to the caliber that Silver is, if you like. And then I was lucky enough to, to get my hands on Sid, or Seth. Uh, he was actually called Seth on the yard, but I didn't like the name, so I called him Sid, and that's where the Sid-Seth thing comes from. Yes. But anyway, was lucky to get him, and he seemed to click very well with Becca, and I've just been blessed since, if you like, that 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 line has kind of worked good for me. It's a slightly different type of training on that line of dog that I have now. It, it's not your... It's not how I would have trained dogs years ago. There, there's an intelligence in them that I hadn't found in other dogs before, to be honest. Uh as I say, it's a slightly different method of training them because they're they're that intelligent. You have to be careful with them, but they pick things up really quickly, and there's a, a real eagerness and willingness to please. So it's it's not that difficult of a job if you kind of watch what you're doing. And I probably learned as I went along now with with all the different ones that I've had. And, I, I think I have a reasonable handle on now how to, to go about breaking them. See your Jess bitch last year. Uh, to, now, I was sitting in the stands there, and I... Well, I was looking forward to seeing Silver last year because I'd been enjoying him. I was very disappointed when he got injured there in 2018 and couldn't go on to the Supreme because I just thought he was really on form that year. I loved watching him. but And so I was looking forward to seeing him in, in, in Scotland. and And then... Like Jess, I sort of thought Jess, you know, she only 15 months old or something in the international. What age was she? Uh, she was what, 17 months, I think, yeah. Yeah, so I sort of had her discounted in my head now. No offence, but I sort of had her, you know, Silver, I was there to see Silver. And then you went out and qualified with Jess for the for the Supreme Final. And I just, I thought it was incredible the way that you could put a bitch that age up. Uh, and that's a tricky course for a, 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 an experienced six or seven year old dog. But you're able to just put her out on those outruns and up through all that out, vegetation and stuff. And then the recast, the recast was just brilliant. And you were able to steer her in through a little gap in the fence 
and then open her back up. It looked like you could put her wherever the hell you wanted. And I just, I was fascinated with that because, I mean, I'm here with three and four-year-old dogs, you know, working on turnbacks, and probably half the time I don't know what I'm doing. And i just fascinated. When you say, you know, you find a way to train these dogs and that they have a little bit of a, a different kind of intelligence, how the hell do you play with that? How do you train for something like Scotland last year with a bitch that age? Well, that's, that's probably who I am. I feel like some people, I would describe myself as being kind of tunnel vision and stubborn minded. I feel like I have an idea or a picture in my head and that's the goal I set and that's where I want to get. Uh, and I, I try and, and steer for that. Like, But it's just, I've found over the years, uh, I do some clinics and that now and again, and I find a lot of people are what I would describe as they they wait. They're they're very patient on their dogs, if you like, and you know that they have a, a a goal in their head. You know, if this dog is four year old, they consider a dog young at four year old, which maybe it is. I consider a dog young at fifteen months. We're all different. But they have a goal in their head, you know, that if this dog is able to do an open course at four-year-old, they're happy. You know, and and I'm not saying that's wrong, but my philosophy on it is that if I can teach the dog to do that at 12 months or 15 months or 18 months old, uh, then I have a a longer career, if you like, with that dog. And I, I just, I enjoy doing it. Now, as I say, you have to be careful with and read the dog if the dog is able to do it. It's it's like driving down the road in the car, you know. Sometimes you need to apply the brakes and sometimes you need to take the brakes off. Yes. You, know, you, you have to read your dog uh, and see what it's able to take and what it's able to do. Yeah, so there's times where... You're you're asking for something there. You're squeezing a little bit out of the dog, and you know I just need to back off a little bit here now and let the dog have a little bit of freedom back, and then I'll tighten up again later or next week or. The next yeah, time. that's right, that's right. But like I set a goal, you know, that maybe in six months I would like to have this dog, you know, that I was able to do a course with it, if you like, mm-hmm. providing the dog is keen and willing to do it. You know, yes. it's it's achievable with the line I have. I'm not saying it's achievable with all dogs because some dogs are just, I find, I find it very difficult now to train a different line of dog, if you like it. It's just a different method. And for me, it's not as enjoyable. Yes. And like, that's not disrespectful to anyone else's line, but I just find it an easier job. Maybe I'm getting lazy in my old age and I like the easy way. But the other thing is, James, well, you've seen the other type of dogs and you've had them, but do you think, like, say that that person that you described there maybe aiming to be, you know, having a good open dog for a four-year-old, do you think with some of their dogs that, that maybe they're not asking enough of their dogs that, that they could squeeze a lot more out of them a lot sooner um, and that the dog is well able for it, but that they're just sitting back a little bit? I do, I do. I yeah. do feel that. Uh, like, you know, that's... If you don't ask the questions, you know, you don't get the results. It's maybe the same as children at school, and you know, going for exams or whatever, you know, like you, 
they, they try and cram on as much information as possible. You know, it may not all stick, but a large proportion of it will. But yeah. if you don't put in the effort, you don't get the rewards. What I'm trying to say is maybe that you, you need to set, you know, set targets if you like, you know, of where you would like to be, and don't leave it too long of a period. You may not achieve the target you set, but uh, I, I, I try to explain to some people maybe uh, if you ever play darts, you know, like and supposing you're going for for double top. You know, if you aim for double top, you may not get it, but you'll be you'll be a lot better up than halfway if you like. Yes. But if you aim for the center of the dartboard, and you you know if you if you aim low, you know you're only a quarter of the way up. So if you aim high, you have a, a better chance, I think, of being near your goal rather than setting yourself too low of a task or standard. Well, now that's what you're off saying there, regardless for anybody listening. <laughs> it's fierce interesting for me. And in fact, now you're making me a bit uncomfortable there because uh, uh, but it, it could be the thing that I really need to hear from myself right now because there's no goal at the minute. There's no nationals, no internationals, no world trial this year. Uh, well, yeah, that's the way it appears to be anyway. But and, and I don't know when the next open trial will be even or if there'll be nurseries or I don't know anything. So. I was wondering, I was saying to myself, well, I wonder, you know, what are other fellas doing? You know, what sort of goals are they setting themselves or how do you focus and all? But you sort of answered it there, like, you know, you still have a goal and you're working towards that. Is that, is that what's happening with you now, say, James? Yeah, well, I have a few young dogs and just now lamb, I've won the old left lamb. Uh, and this last few days there I've started taking out young dogs again and I have some kind of decent promising looking ones there and that has kind of spiked my interest again if you like you know so I get uh, it's probably like a maybe a drug addict or that I I get a a kick out of going out with the with the dogs and seeing improvements on a young dog daily. Yes. That's, that's a drug to me. That, that That's what takes me back again and again. Yes. You know, and I, I just enjoy doing it. And so, say with those young dogs now, you'll have kind of, you'll have sort of loose goals for them there that where they'll be in a month or where they'll be in six months or three months, will you? Or well, I have two there. They're, they're about six months old now or, or thereabouts. Uh, and I... My my goal is to have them in the nurseries, yes. providing the nurseries is on. I, I, my goal is I'm hoping October then, towards the end of October, we will have nurseries. I'm being optimistic here; it may not happen, but that's the goal I've set, if you like. So, yes, that's what I would be hoping for. Yes, when you said about the dogs there, that there's a sort of an intelligence there, and it sounds like you're you're kind of. You're training them on as quick as they can take it and quick as they can grasp it into them. But do you have to be careful when they're intelligent like that? Or I'd like to hear your opinion on this. Do you have to be careful about maybe training in a fault or going a bit down the wrong road? Like, does your training need to be bang on when dogs are sharp like that if they're picking stuff up quick? It does. It does, yeah. yeah. And I suppose the only way you'll get that is by making mistakes. You know, 
it's not a mistake if you learn from it, if you like. So yes, I've trained quite a few dogs over the years now, and I'm not saying I don't make any mistakes now, but I have uh, have it reasonably well fine tuned, and you you kind of with sticking to a, a line or a a road, if you like, maybe not a, a line's maybe not the wrong or the the right word. You know, you'd be foolish, I think. To, to solely stick to your own line. So for that reason, I do, you know, cross with, with other bitches and maybe a different dog on a bitch of my own, that type of thing, and mix the line up a little bit. But with the foundation I have, if you like, and knowing the line of dog, it's easier to kind of not maybe make the, the pitfalls, of, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I was teaching my son to ride a bike here after the last 10 days of that. And so I'd bring him out there, and he didn't want to ride it. He got it from Santi, and he wanted Santi to take it back there. He was telling his brother here, telling Santi, don't need that bike. But sure, all that was wrong with him is he wasn't able to ride it, and his brothers were. And so with schools being off here now, I said, look, if they'd like to play the PlayStation here and there. So I use the PlayStation like money. So if I want them to do something, it gets linked to the PlayStation fairly quick. So I said, if you want to play that PlayStation night, part of your jobs is you have to do two laps of the house there with me holding on to you on the bike. And sure, geez, in three days, Little Devil was riding the bike. like, And, and yeah. of course, there were falls and there was crying and there was getting broke up and all. But it, it's a bit like that with anything, isn't it? When you go through the few mistakes, after a while, you get the whole thing. Like. But, yeah, that's right. And you can't get, yeah, it, you can't get it without falling off. like. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And as I say, it's not a mistake if you learn from it. It's a mistake if you make it over and over and over again. Yes. That that that's the way I look at it. You said there a few times. You said I was lucky and I was lucky and I got this dog or I got that dog. But like you bred a couple of litters out of Becca and then you ended up with silver. Now I don't know how many you kept or you kept your eye on or what, but. Well, it doesn't sound, of course, it's, well, it's a bit of luck and all, but it doesn't sound like luck to me. It sounds like you have a bit of a recipe that you follow and all. Like, is there things, you know what you like to see in your line and you like to see that bit of intelligence and all there, but is there things you look for in a young dog? Say, and you're starting a fellow six months old there. There must be things you see that you get a little bit excited about and you think I could have one here. What sort of things are they, James? Picking a pupper that uh, I can't really explain it, if you like, but it just stands out to me. You know, I've I've seen other people picking pups and that, you know, and it just wouldn't be my pup uh, and vice versa. But a, a dog just stands out to me, and a young dog at the at the six months old age thing, like uh, a dog that's not, you know. <laughs> A little bit sensitive, if you like. And when I say sensitive, I mean one that, that you can speak to, if you like, that that will take it on board. You know, you go out with this really hard-headed one, if you like, at six months, and all it wants to do is rip and tear and smash through the sheep. You're not going to have that dog trained in a, a short period of time. You know, it could be 18 months before you get through there. Yes. But a dog that's willing to take... Correction, if you like. Whenever I was training Silver and that, like, you know, for a correction for him, all I had to say was, ah, ah. Yes. And that was, that was enough. You know, you didn't have to be roaring and shouting. Yes. And 
I put up some videos of him when I was training him, and there was some comments, some good and some negative, and some of the negative ones was, oh, the, how is it possible to train that dog at such a young age? You know, you'll fry its brain. Yeah. And when I went on to the international then, you know, people said, oh, this dog, like, he's, he's fried. He's not going to be here. Three, four, five-year-old, you know, he's cooked. You know, but you, you don't cook them if there's an intelligence there. Yes. It, it's like it's like people, if you like. There's an, You have to know how to, to treat people, you know, with respect. And respect is not something that is a given right. Respect is something that's earned. And it's the same with the dog. You know, there, there's a mutual respect between the handler and the dog. The dog respects you if you respect it. And like you said a minute ago about teaching your son to ride the bike, with children, when we were all children, there's boundaries. And you knew by the tone, if you like, in your, your parents' voice uh, of where those boundaries were. You may have got a, a smack now and again to, to reinforce the boundaries, but you very quickly... If there's a change in tone in the voice, you understood where it was. And it's the exact same principle, or it's my principle, in training a dog. You know, you, you teach it where those boundaries are. And the dog will very quickly pick up on that. So maybe to answer your question, I've rambled a bit, but it's having a dog that, that you can get through to. One that's wanting to please you. And, like naturally the, the nice moves if you like one that goes around and covers a sheep that that stops not all the time but you can get through to it like you know and it wants to balance the sheep and just that eagerness if you like but yeah. not too eager that it's stubborn headed that's interesting there what you're saying about the respect and the boundaries and all Sometimes I see people and they're saying, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to ask my dog to do that or, or he doesn't like doing that or whatever else. I always think a dog that has boundaries and that you're kind of fair with and all, the dog is sort of happier and he knows where he stands all the time too. Like, but how do you establish respect without, without having the dog afraid of you or how do you strike that middle ground? Or Well, I think again, it's like back to the, the, the children or, or when we were children you know like you may have got a smack you may not it may have been enough just to maybe bang the table if you like you know with me I, I normally in Donegal anyway most of the time I wear wellies <laughs> because it's wet but I have a small bit of alkathene piping and I kind of hit it off my wellington and that kind of makes a, a smacking sound if you like yes. and it just it gets the dog's attention. And as I said, with those, the line that I have, they seem to be that bit quicker to pick up on things. And they they quickly realize that, oh, shit, I better pay attention here type of thing if they hear that noise. Yes. So with that, that's kind of mostly how I teach uh, the boundaries, if you like. And then it's just a matter of applying the words at the correct time, so your timing has to be vital on this. Yes. That's, that's a big part of it. 
uh, I'm laughing here to myself because <laughs> my little fella there, when <laughs> some evenings he could be defying me about putting on his pajamas, and I could give my hands just a couple of quick slaps just to remind him. And it's a little bit like you with the polythene pipe, and uh, he gives in then usually and goes and puts on the pajamas there. But at least he has the choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can go the other way too and, and find out it's not just me clapping my hands but yeah that's right that's right like I mean and you know with, with the dogs they have to learn where the boundaries are it's not possible to run a dog successfully either for farm work or any kind of work to be honest if, if there's not a respect there for the handler you know but it works both ways yeah. The handler has to respect the dog also. Yeah, and the handler has to be worthy of respect too. You can't be yeah. meaning it today and not meaning it tomorrow. The, the no has to be consistently no or the yes. Yeah, consistency is a big one. It's, it's the number one thing. Like, you know, and that's, uh, a lot of people fall down on that one. They, they go out and they're, right, today you're going to, I'm going to make you do this right to the dog if you like, you know, and they can be quite hard on the dog. And then maybe tomorrow or the next day or the day after they go out and they're maybe in a better mood or more relaxed or or maybe they're preoccupied with something else and the regime is not as strict and then, you know, the dog gets away with things and like that's a recipe for disaster with regards to training the dog because the dog is not sure what right or wrong is as such. But if you have a strict regime, and I don't mean strict that you're mean to the dog, but if the dog knows exactly, if no means no today, it has to mean no for the rest of that dog's training, if you like, or or life. Yes. You know, that, that the boundaries has to be there, and you have to keep the boundaries set. It's like putting up a fence. You know, you put up a nice new fence today, and... and X amount of years with weather and everything else, the wood starts to rot and your fence can bend down. Well, it's the same with the dog and the boundaries. If you don't keep reinforcing it and changing your post, putting a new post now and again, your fence will go down. And it's the same with the dog. You will not be successful if you change those boundaries. Yeah. Uh, my two open dogs were parked up a bit over the winter and that there had to be doing a whole lot with them. And I just started schooling a bit there lately. And I just noticed one fella is cheating me and little things, and the other fella's stop isn't clean and all. And so, you know, just work on cleaning those back up. But I was thinking, was I that loose, you know, last year, or have they slipped a bit and they're taking advantage? And so it's, it's the latter, like, but it's, um, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's like you have to go out and maintain the thing there and clean it all back up, like. No, definitely so, definitely so. And every dog wolf, like, I mean, they, they're like ourselves. If you, you know, if, if you're given the option, you will cut some corners, you know, and, and the dogs are the same. Yeah, but this uh, lockdown, James, uh, I've been I've been tucking into a bit more ice cream there, and I've been eating, I've been looking after myself real well. Uh, it's starting to get a bit undone there, and I'll have to try and bring a bit of discipline back in on that. But, uh, You'll have to go and do a few laps as well around the house. Uh, yeah, tie me to the back of the car there and bring me for a drive or something. I'll be chasing the van. But um, when when you won the world trial there, with Becca, like that was the pinnacle. Of, that's you're after winning everything there, and you've been second in Supremes, and and you might have been more Supreme places there. I don't know your record, but uh, like I think to myself, if I won the world trial, Jesus, like you'd have won the biggest thing. How did you go out and train 
the next day or the next week or the next year. Uh, and I know you said you're stubborn about things there and you're driven and you have the tunnel vision now, but you, you've achieved the, the biggest goal there is there, or one of them anyway, that, that or a supreme. Like, How did you say, oh, well, uh, no, I want more? Like, Well, it's, it's just who I am. Like, it's, uh, I enjoy running the dogs. Like, I mean, um, to, wanting to to have the dogs, if you like, that are as good as I can possibly make them. You know, again, some of the the negative comments, if you like, came that, you know, McGee's uh, finished, now Becca's gone. You know, he's a, a once-in-a-lifetime dog, and that's McGee finished. But, you know, in my mind, McGee wasn't finished. Becca was a fantastic dog, and I was privileged to own her. But I don't measure all dogs off one dog, if you know what I mean. Like, I mean, I didn't measure Silver off Becca. I don't measure Jess off Silver. They're, they've all been great dogs in their own right. Yes, yes. So, like, again, it's it's just I enjoy going out and training dogs, and especially young dogs. I get a real kick out of going out with young dogs. And maybe, just maybe, I enjoy it. A little bit more when I can go out with a with another one, if you like, that is successful, and it's maybe people, you know, it's maybe McGee's not, maybe he's another one, you know, that type of thing. So yes. maybe enjoy just uh, uh, annoying people slightly that that would be a little bit negative towards me. Yeah, you're putting, Just a little. you're putting the bar up very high. But I've heard that my whole life. Oh, you only ever get one good dog in your life. And if you're lucky and all, you'll get one good dog in your life. So what do you say to that, James? No. Uh, Might be the next one. Dog, dogs are hard to find, yes. But good dogs are out there. And it's up to the handler to make them as good as you possibly can. You know, and... I've been privileged to have lots of good dogs, uh, but I'm always looking for the next one, if you like. You know, I, I move on to, to try and train another one. It's just, I, I get a buzz out of it. Yes. But I, I wouldn't, definitely would not put it down to being once in a lifetime. Very lucky to own such dogs, but uh, I don't measure them all off the one dog. They're all individual the same as us as people are all individual yeah and and before we finish though i must say uh back in 2014 was it 2014 when you won silver i was just i was that was my first international to to be that was there as a spectator and I, maybe just a bit like you going to in 2002 i just made up my mind to take a run over and have a look at it and i happened to have a bitch in the heat at the same time and, and i brought her to shearer's dog when i was there but uh i was at the same opinion i was one of them fellas that thought that you know, you couldn't be out winning Supremes with a dog that would be under two. Even if you were on the team with a dog that was under two, that, you know, you know, there was something missing there. And and so I, I love the way you redefined the thing. You did for me anyway. Um, and because that's, that's, that thinking I had, it's the same as that you only ever get one good dog in your life. It's a limited thinking, like. And so, yeah, well, you're, you're, you're setting boundaries for yourself. 
or everyone, you know, you, you're you're setting limitations of limitations. Go, yeah. You know, the the sky is the limit. You you reach for the stars if you like. You may not necessarily get them, but if you don't reach for them, you definitely won't get them. Yes, yes. Well, come here. Tell you what, we leave it there. <laughs> So thanks for listening. I hope this interview has sparked some new ideas for you. If you want to support Churchmen and to learn more about us and how we train dogs, you can become a Patreon subscriber over at our website at churchmansheepdogs.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Churchman Sheepdogs.